You are listening to the Practicing the Art of Small Business podcast with Shannon Merlo and Julie Parker. Enjoy this conversation about business, leadership, and the self-awareness journey to great success. Hello, Julie, and hello, listeners, to episode number 35 of Practicing the Art of Small Business. Julie, how are you? I'm really super. And thanks so much for telling me it's episode number 35 because I never quite know what number we're at. I used to have a list of all of them. You did use to have a list. And now I used to reference them all the time and now I, I've lost it. It's been buried away. I've got to get it back again. Well, um, anyway, 30, episode 35, that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. That's halfway to 70. Again, you're very good at the maths. It's also yeah. um, 15 off 20. Oh, that's true. <laughs> In fact, we've only got yeah. 65 more episodes until we hit our hundredth. Hundredth? Hundredth? Your math is pretty impressive. <laughs> yes, it is. What are we talking about today on our nearly 100th episode? <laughs> <laughs> our close to 100th episode. We're going to talk about the value of values. We love the values. I love a value. I, interestingly enough, I have come kind of full circle with values in my business. So I'm introducing this as a an important concept from the get go now, because I had a number of yep. clients who came back to me after we did values work, saying it's one of the best things we ever did in the business, and we never knew sort of didn't know how valuable the values would be until we did it. And I know um, that there were a couple of clients who kind of, oh, God, we have to do this. And I was like, yes, we do. Um, <laughs> once we got on the other side, they're like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. So I thought we could talk about the value of values. I think it's a magnificent topic, and I agree. I think it's an area where you don't normally value the values. <laughs> <laughs> values until you started to move through additional situations that you are faced with within a business and then you find yourself coming back to the values again and again and that's when you start thinking I get it this is why they're so important Mm -hmm. and can I share with you something that I came up with my own brain (laughs) well no how dare you share anything and from your brain well no of course I'd love you to share what's on your brain well, this just might help some people. I know that when I first started hearing about you have to have a mission statement and a purpose and a vision and values and culture and you think, oh, my God, like that is all wishy-washy. What the hell yeah. does value does it all have, yeah. talking about values? And then you try to research each one of these areas mm-hmm. and you still do find, you know, different definitions and what they mean to business depending on which business book you're reading and which consultant you're speaking 100%. to do you find that as well yeah, oh 100 mm. percent. and in fact yesterday as i was doing research on values i was looking at more personal values so um i'm going to be looking at you know understanding our personal values and the importance of understanding those and as i was doing research what i found is that no one, and I'm very happy for our listeners to find the, the information and send it to me to correct me, to school me, but I found no one who actually acknowledged that there are different ways of looking at the values. Some of the values are more of those emotive style values related to 
you know, my highest value is about communication and, and communication broadly means deeper relationships. It means um, confronting things that I don't want to talk about, I have to communicate about. That's one of my driving things. But values related to, you know, kindness and caring and integrity and all that sort of jazz. So there's that. But then on the other side, there's other people who do values where we talk about the we value family and we value health and fitness. And it's really interesting that I see those as different things um, one I see as a driver of thinking and um, emotional states perhaps and the other one I see as activities of where I spend my time and energy and I think part of sometimes part of the confusion around values is we see these different narratives of how do you create the values and yet you know they're, they're, they're different things depending on the context of them. Would you agree to my uh, the awareness that I have created in this values or disagreeing? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I remember when I was doing some research a number of months ago around values because we were presenting this to our dental practice management program students and they were talking about there are aspirational values mm -hmm. and then there's more kind of core behavioural operational values mm -hmm. as well. And the aspirational value, an example, that could be, you know, um, to make sure that we're living in a cleaner world. Mm -hmm or something that is really quite lofty and out there, but then uh, how we actually interact with each other or the impact that we're going to have on our clients or patients, that's a, a kind of more grassroots kind of value. Mm -hmm. mm. And so there's lots of ways to look at their values. And I think that, I mean, every year I probably review my business values and my personal values, maybe even a couple of times a year when I see a new thing and I look at it and, and see what drops out when I do the work. I think the take home is, is that there is no right or wrong way to, to get to your values. But I think that we need to understand why it's important. So why it sits in that, the, you know, all of these management books so that we need the vision, the mission, the values why, why I think it's worthwhile us talking about why it is important and why we would encourage people to look at your values. Um, and then maybe we could talk about how to do it and how to apply it in your business, perhaps. Yeah, and how to make it a, a, a meaningful thing in your business. Mm -hmm. So the brilliant thought that I had, and I do think it's pretty brilliant because it's, you know, it resonated with That's me. It's coming from your brain, Julie. So there is, there is no other description of what comes out of your brilliant brain. So <laughs> it's all of these different concepts that we're supposed to have for business. I thought, gosh, it could be like a marriage. And so when we look at, you know, what's the purpose of business? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage is to spend our lives together for the rest of our lives, you know, to have a family or, you know, that's the purpose, just to be together forever. That's the whole purpose of marriage. Right. And then vision. 
what's the vision we have for our marriage? Well, we want children. We both want to work and grow together. We want to have a happy marriage. We want to have, you know, be able to grow old together in a nice, peaceful way and watch grandchildren grow up. And so that's the vision that we have. This is the kind of house we could be living in when we're first married and then we'll probably move when we have children and we're going to have holidays and all sorts of things. So that's the vision. What the picture of the marriage looks like is the vision, mm -hmm. just like it is for a business as well. And then we go to values. What are the values of a marriage? And for me, I thought that it's like the vows that you take. We vow to, we have the value of um, loyalty and, you know, what is it when you don't sleep around? <laughs> I believe that's loyalty. <laughs> Commitment. <laughs> non the opposite of polygamy. <laughs> or an open relationship. Which is definitely not the topic of this podcast, but we can come back around. It is familiar to me in the way I live my life. <laughs> but another value could be that we don't want to smother each other. We want each other to have a, an element of independence and, you know, still be able to grow within our own, you know, individual human being self <laughs> and not have to be dependent I, on each I would other. suggest, although there's no right or wrong in values, having a codependency as a value is probably not a healthy relationship. Just, I'm just putting it out there, just... I just question it. But you know what? You know what? There are some, you know, there are some unhealthy value things being valued, not values. There are unhealthy things being valued, certainly within some, and they're unspoken, yeah. unacknowledged. Yeah. But if people people behave in such a way as if they value these sort of things. And so the values are really, you know, what we find to be important directors of our relationship. And then we move down to culture. And the culture is like, well, this is the way we do things as a family here. And how often did you go to a, as a young person, you went to friends' houses, one friend's house, you could swear, <laughs> you could walk through the house with bare feet, all those sort of things. Another one, there's no way you'd swear, you'd have to stand up straight, be very polite with the parents, it was less familiar and, and social. And so the 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 feeling you get, the way you exist, the way you behave when you enter into one family home or, or another, that's the culture that you've created within your family. And part of your culture could be that, you know, this is the level of respect that you speak to your parents with. When visitors come to the door, this is how polite we are. We don't bully each other as siblings. We don't hit each other. We say we're sorry. We own up to things when we've done something wrong and so that just kind of becomes the culture so I thought that was a that was a good frame to help people understand the difference between some of these different concepts within business structures that we're kind of encouraged to develop and employ and, and implement mm, yeah what do, you think? do you think that's a good thing do you think that was smart Julie everything that comes out of you is smart <laughs> On some on some level, and it depends on what the level is that you're pitching at. But it's very, <laughs> no, that, that was a really backhanded compliment. I'm sorry. You know, I think that you're you're wonderful and you're brilliant. So yes, of course it was. So I'm going to extend that a little bit. I think that was a great um, positioning of where values sit and and examples of them. I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think values matter. And interestingly enough, uh, we, you know, we had a culture in growing up at home, but we never talked about values. So I always find it very interesting when people say, oh, we had these family values. And, I, and prior to coaching, I didn't even know what a value was. So I, it was very foreign concept to me what a value 
was and how you live it. And so it has been only really, uh, well, actually, when I worked for the Movember Foundation, they were big on values, and that was my first introduction to values in an organisation. So I'm still learning, still learning. My understanding of values or the importance of values in living our lives as ourselves but also within our business and and the smallest uh, description I can give in terms of the importance of them is it helps to prioritise your behaviours. That's, I think... So when you understand what's actually important to you and you've got a critical decision to make, when you use the filter of your values, then you're able to make decisions based on those values, which aligns then with the way that you want to live the world and how you want to live within the world. So, for example, Mm. if one of my values was kindness and I was really I had good boundaries uh and I was really angry at someone um I don't know driving let's say I was getting a bit of road rage if I wanted to check myself I would be able to more easily not admonish myself (laughs) I would be more easily able to say to myself wait a minute, the reason why I'm so upset here is because I'm not actually living my value of kindness. Because if I was living my value of kindness, I would probably have a greater spirit of generosity that that person who's annoyed me could be having some sort of their own emotional crisis. They could be they, they could have a sick parent or child in the car. They could have just had a fight with their partner. They, you know, they, they've got their own stuff. So if I was living the value of kindness then I would probably let them in, take the foot off the gas. I'd be a little bit more kind. I would act in a way that lives the value of kindness. I would make different decisions based on that. If my value Mm. was so one of my uh, driving values is communication and what that does is if something doesn't sit right with me in a relationship that I have, I have to say something. It just... It, it's all, and I feel it. So when I'm not living with alignment with my values, it's because I haven't said something, I haven't communicated something, and that really drives my behaviour because I'm like, I have to, I have to communicate with this person, I have to build this bridge because I'm living incongruently with what's most important to me. So mm. yeah, and what I wrote down here, it's it's part, it becomes part of your identity. Yes. And so when you act outside of your values, you are acting uh, with that congruency with who you Mm -hmm. are. Yes, Mm. 100%. And that's where the value of values are because it it can help you check yourself and ensure that you are living a life that's on purpose to the standards that you want to hold within your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And... I agree with you. I think the value of values for me, one of the enormous value of values for me is that it 
it, it does, it drives your behaviours, but it makes your decision-making so much mm-hmm. easier. You're, if you make your decisions based on the frustrations of the moment or the urgency of the moment, you will come up with a different solution, a different response than if you were coming from your core values, mm-hmm. that you've already identified this is the person that I am, this is the impact I want to have on the world around me. And when you think about from a, a company point of view or organisation point of view, where you make your decisions on really becomes obvious when you start looking at uh, institutions such as the church. And so the values of the church is that they are the shepherd and this is the flock and you protect the flock. But their management of sexual abuse claims that have moved through the church and their management of just moving, you know, ministers and priests around rather than actually calling them to account is in complete averse to is completely averse to their values as an institution and so what happens is a breakdown of trust Mm -hmm. and so to have identified values as an organization and then to make sure that your decisions and behaviors and actions and responses are in line with those values two wildly different things and that's a really good point so if we talk about our organizational values if your if you created your values when you were initially doing your business plan and it was done just as a tick the box, oh, yeah, integrity, accountability, um, honesty, which are all don't even get me started. If that's your values, I'm gonna I'll cry for you. Because there are some websites that encourage you to say, look at these 50 values and pick the ones that resonate. <laughs> which, which is a great place to start. It's a good, it's a good, starting, it's a good point. starting point. It's a good but start. But it's worth reviewing. Yeah. But the, <laughs> and the important thing is to really nail down, are you truly willing to commit to living this value, living yeah. in accordance with this value, no matter what. And if not, if not, don't have that as a value because they become junk. They become meaningless. You're better off not having them at all or not stating them at all than to have them sitting there, oh, yeah, we live the value of accountability, but you're embezzling money. Well, that's I mean, come on. That that just basically says to anyone in the team, what we we say we do this, but actually we don't care at all. So another example would be we 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 wow our customers, you know, a value of wowing wowing customers. But then unwritten is that we bitch and moan and complain about the customers. The customer is not always right. It, you know that yeah. that is incongruent, and so you're better off scrapping the value altogether if you're not 100% willing to commit. If you are ready to commit to living those values, then you're right. Every decision that you make, if I value is around customer service and wowing my customers, every decision I make needs to take into consideration, how do I wow my customers? And that behavior could actually be, is just an example, if I really truly live the value of, of wowing my customers, I might choose to invest my marketing budget if I haven't got any marketing to the end of my funnel, the advocacy and loyalty 
part of my business, if I've got no money going in there to actually build loyalty for my existing customers and to improving their onboarding and to improving my custom the customer's experience, I might forego top of the funnel marketing activities to actually invest in that to live the value of customer, the cut of wowing my customers. And there's lots of good reasons to do that anyway from a business strategy perspective, but it helps us to make better decisions about what we're going to do with our business. What are some of the other reasons yeah. why, when we're living in alignment with our values, why it's valuable to the organisation? One of the big ones for me is recruitment. <laughs> with yeah. my little mind, I sent you a little telepathic. I was like, Julie, Julie, recruitment, talk about people. <laughs> and when you're thinking about, if we go back to the marriage and the family analogy, uh these are the things that our families see as important, you know, honesty, friendliness to one another, contribution to one another, whatever. Uh, and I still remember being a very nasty 21-year-old and my father said, you are not <laughs> contributing emotionally to this family, so you're out of here and you can only come back when you're willing to do that. Now, that's holding dear to your family values. That's doing whatever it takes to maintain your family values. And so when you're thinking about that kind of analogy, if you were to open your home up and bring in boarders, for example, or renters or whatever to help with the bills, and you have got a family unit and you've got little children as part of that family unit, are you going to get party animals coming in to board with your home? No, because they're going to have a different series of values that drive their behaviour. And so this is same is true in an organisation. There are plenty of people who have the skills and the knowledge and the education to fulfil the role within your business and to be able to do the job. But unless their values are aligned with the business itself and the shared values of the people that are involved, then it can just be disruptive getting people on board who don't share those values. The, the, their values may be quite wonderful, but, for example, if your business really, then this is one of my values and one I encourage everyone in the world to have, <laughs> <laughs> that's a value of growth. If you have got and you practice a value of growth in your organisation, so we're always learning, we're learning off each other, we love feedback, we embrace mistakes, all the things. We go out there, you want a day off to do some further education, you've got it. We've got all that built into our systems. And then you are recruiting and you don't talk about this core value of growth and you get somebody coming on board and then you're encouraging them to receive feedback and make a few mistakes and go out there and learn things and they are, they are not in that headspace whatsoever and in fact it makes them wildly uncomfortable and they spend their time trying to avoid <laughs> that kind of learning then that's go you're going to have a very resistant team member who's not going to be engaged mm. yeah but but appealing to the people saying doing a song and dance about the value of growth that's going to attract mm other growth-minded people, and they say, I want to work there. It's it's really interesting you say that. So one of the main reasons that I say values are important, the most tangible way that I help clients see the value of values is talking about the recruitment of people and the management of people because if we can actually manage by values and behaviour related to values, it unlocks management. Uh, what I mean by that is 
if I can set an expectation that here is how we live and here are the behaviours that embody living like that, then as a leader, when someone is not behaving in a way with alignment to that, I'm much more able to give a tangible reason why that behaviour is inappropriate, especially if it's not a behaviour that's grossly negligent. Do you know what I mean? But if it's just a behaviour that's annoying us, if we can actually tie that to our values, then from a management perspective, it's it's not personal. This just isn't in alignment with our values. I'd just prefer you didn't you know do that behavior again simple makes management and leadership so much easier so recruitment is a big thing but what i find really interesting and it's almost like the uncomfortable <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like the uncomfortableness of niching down where business owners don't want to niche down They don't, I find often, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Julie, they don't want to communicate their values in their job ads unless they're fully living and breathing and embodying their values. When I say to them, you need to put details around your values and not necessarily, I don't buy into our values, unless the integrity, you know, it just sounds like you. You've got to write, you've got to write this the detail of the value within the job ad because what that does is, and I'm just reinforcing what Julia said earlier, what it does is the people who are aligned to that, let's take that customer service side of things, we love to wow our customers. Um, Your job ad says something along the lines of, you're the kind of person who goes to the end of the earth to make sure that your customers are singing our praises no matter what. If you see a job ad like that, if I love working with people and I love customer service, I am going to be popping my resume in straight away because I'm like, this organization is 100% aligned with the customer is, you know, we want to love on our customers. And that'd be a great value as well. Love on our customers in an appropriate way. (laughs) Brackets. If, however, I actually really hate working with customers and I have that mindset of the customer is not right and screw them all, I'm going to read that job ad and I'm not going to apply. And some people have a real scarcity mindset of, oh, but I don't want to offend anyone by putting that out there. And my answer is always the same. Why waste your time? Because even if you if you got to the point where both people applied for the job, you're wasting time reading a resume and a cover letter that you don't need to read, number one, so you've wasted time there. Let's say you get them both in for an interview. You've wasted another thing for someone who's not aligned. Let's say you hire that person and start onboarding them and training them. And down the road, they are bitching and moaning and complaining about the customers. They've actually offended a customer. They have are arguing with the customer. You as a leader are there going, oh, how did they not get this right? Because we really value the customer. You could have saved yourself a huge amount of time by actually stating and putting a stake in the ground and being really clear about what your values were from the onset. It saves you time. It saves you energy. It saves you money. It's easier to manage. So I don't understand why we don't do it, Jolly. 
yeah. And I think it's just a, an awareness of the reason why we're doing it <laughs> in the first place and an unawareness of how do I get there? Ooh. Because and I think what you said before, you review your re- values every year. That is a beautiful thing to do because like everything in our world, we are constantly growing, changing, progressing. And so the values that we held dear to us five years ago may not be relevant today. They might be, but they may not be relevant today. So to allow yourself to say, this, these are our values as an organisation now. <laughs> it could be different later. Yeah. <laughs> was different from before. Yeah. So I thought we could start off with personal values because I think we can talk about how you can find some of your personal values and um, Mm. there's lots of ways. Um, Disclaimer, no one is skinning cats ever, but there's lots of ways (laughs) to skin a cat. But she manages it in most episodes. I really need another (laughs) analogy. I was, I was sharing with someone the other day that I like to throw spanners amongst the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> you have got a subconscious thing going against the animals, I, I tell you. I do, I do. I like a mixed <laughs> metaphor. But anyway, uh, there's lots of ways to skin a cat, but I thought that what we could do is start off with personal values and then we can talk about how to create your organisational values if Beautiful. this is all brand new for you and all you've got sort of commitment issues, <laughs> a great way to start off with values is start with thinking about your values for the next 12 months. So I did a annual planning thing once, it was a coachy thing, and I had to think about the year that I wanted to create. What sort of year did I want? And I had to put a theme to the year. So let's say that my theme was uh, the year of the year of growth, and so what I wanted, and and I think it was actually the year of growth, might have been two thousand seventeen, the year of growth, and so what I wanted was a, a, a year that was a, all about growth, and then I had to think about well, what values do I need to live in order to embody or to create a year of growth. And one of it was, um, I think, uh, one of it was uh, consistency. So I needed to live with a value of consistency because in order to grow, I needed to do things, you know, keep keep going, not just kind of shiny thing. Me, yay, I've done this growth, a year of growth. I'm stuck on the wall. I don't need to live with consistency. I think one of it was um, health and well-being because I needed, in order to have the energy to commit to growth, I needed to be living a, a healthy, well-balanced life. I think that another value that I had might have been fun and adventure. So I wanted to make sure that as I was growing, I was having fun while I was doing it. I was bringing play into that that year. And so... By, by narrowing down just in terms of a very small window of time, I can actually pull values that help me to live within that context of time more aligned. And that can actually start that can actually start your living of the values. And even if you've already got your values, you can still do that and pull out values from your existing values that actually help you to live that. What do you think of that little? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, we haven't yet 
identified the process of actually getting to your values as yet. But what you were just mentioning to me had me think about that uh, when you've got a team of people, and in my world it's a dental team of people, and you have as a group, you know, in my mind the vision of the practice or the, the vision of the business, that must be the owner that does that. They're the only one that's paying for it, going to be around forever. The vision dies when that when they die. <laughs> so the vision is not something that the whole group can come up with. The vision really is the owner of the organisation. However, the values absolutely, I think, need to be something that could be discussed together. It's a lovely opportunity to bring the team together, brainstorm, ask how everyone's feeling about certain elements of the values and settle on a group of values that really do resonate with everybody. I think that's a wonderful thing. So have them involved in it in the first step. But then we've got morning huddles and we've spoken about morning huddles and there's another one that you've mentioned in the past, Shannon. What is it when you do a whip? Yeah, a whip? daily whip. Daily stand like up. That. Mm. So in the morning when you've got that little, you know, five, ten-minute huddle, have as part of that just one of your values and have that last for the whole month. And so when you've been doing your brainstorming, you've also identified what does that value look like in terms of behaviour, actions, responses to situations. So we're all getting a clearer and clearer picture of what that value actually means in terms of behaviour and then say, for the month of, what are we in now, October, this month of October, we're doing the value of honesty and we've already identified what that looks like. And so let's be very mindful about that today, every day for a whole month of October. And then you move to the next value the next month, the next value the next month and have that be a rotating thing. And you will find that people will become very, very clear about how it affects how they can work and function in the organisation in alignment with the values, but they will also be able to reel off those values quick, smart, if anyone should ask them what they were, which is what you want as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we're um, we're, – because I want to go back to helping ask the questions for personal values, but you've brought up the business values, so I'm kind of – I'm all in flux now, Julie. What what do I do here? (laughs) Go back to to personal values. (laughs) There is value to actually working on your personal values as part of developing your organisational values. So I'm going to go backwards to go forwards. Mm. When you, and and so if you are looking to create your organisational values, I 100% agree with Julie that it is worthwhile getting the team involved. The biggest reason is, is because if your team are involved with the creation of the values, they are going to live the values. It's leadership one-on-one, make them part of the process and they will live the process. So if you get nothing out of any of our 35 episodes, take (laughs) that one tidbit. It's been worth the listen, the 35 episodes. Yes. Yeah. I agree. None of us like being told what to do. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) But that's what autonomy is all about. But if I say that this is how I want it to be, then I've got nowhere to run. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when you're doing your organisational values, you can warm your team up by talking about personal values. And if when you're talking about your personal values, your team can align or have an understanding of how their personal values link to the organisational values, then the behaviour within the organisation is congruent with the behaviour that I would naturally normally do because I'm living my values. So there is value to doing personal values. So 
How do you find your personal values? There's lots of ways to do this. And I'm going to give you some contrasting ideas. In some circumstances, the instructions say to look at how you live your life right now. And where, what are, what are the things that drive you and where you spend your time? And they would be called aligned values. So if I spend a lot of my time, so I know that in terms of my time or energy or activity values, health and well-being is my number one thing. And I was thinking about this last night because I worked until about seven o'clock. I know that if I work any later than seven o'clock, I don't sleep very well. And if I don't sleep very well, then I generally don't go to the gym. If I don't go to the gym, then my mental well-being isn't as good. And so nothing else matters to me. I, I actually, I'm really sorry, customers, if I didn't do the thing that I said I was going to do, my health and well-being is my number one value and everything will sit underneath the priority of that. If a friend calls me at eight o'clock at night, I'm saying, can I speak to you tomorrow? Because I know I'm not going to sleep. So it drives my behavior in terms of in the mornings, I get up and go to the gym. So the night before I need to make sure I can go to sleep and sleep well so I can go to the gym. So that means that I generally don't have late nights out during the week. Uh, so I make decisions about my my life based on my health and well-being. So that is aligned. However, you can set your values up to a future version of you, the vision that you have of yourself. So like my year of growth, in order to live the year of growth, I needed to have certain values that I needed to prioritize different to how I might prioritize my life in, if I wasn't doing that if in the past. <laughs> so, so you can either look at your life and how you're living it now and, and look at that and have your values aligned with how you're doing it, or you can actually set your values up to how you want to live your life. So if I did want to have better health and well-being, I could set that as a value and then make sure I filter my decisions based on that health and well-being value. So in the past, my values might be related to relationships, friends, friends, family, things like that. And let's say that every night I would go out because I value, so, I value socialization or connection, let's say. As, I, as I, I'm living it at the moment. But because I value connection, I go out every night, but then I don't sleep very well and I don't exercise and I don't eat very well and I drink too much. If I then go, no, I actually really need to change the way that I'm living my life, I would set an, a, a future goal version or a goal value of health and well-being and I would change my behaviors and my activities so that I would be living that value of health and well-being. So you can either yeah. do look at it aligned where you are at the moment, and that's my values, or you can look at a future version of you, your vision of you, and do that. So I've got some more things, but Julian, I'll pause there just to see if you've got anything to add on that one. Mm, no. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally enthralled in what you're saying. Please continue on. The other things that you can look at is the, those values. So I've been talking very much about activity values, so socialization or health and well-being, family, friends, blah, 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 blah. But there are the other values related to those emotional states, kindness, caring, 
um, integrity, accountability, blah, 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 blah. To find out the values that drive you, a good way of actually finding these is look at people that you admire and look at what they, what values they would they would be living themselves. So admire or respect, what sort of values do they live? So for example, um, I respect Mother Teresa and her values were very much about contribution and kindness and generosity and things like that. So you look at that, look at then take another person and it might be, I don't know, someone else. (laughs) So keep looking at yeah, or you're a committed athlete, for committed example, athlete. who's got dedication, so de- yeah, dedication, um, passion, enthusiasm, blah blah blah. Then look at another person. So look at a number of different people that you respect and admire, and then look for patterns, either patterns in the values that all of those people live, or as you're going through them, I'm very much an advocate of finding values that emotionally connect. And this is the same for in a workplace. So I never let a client of mine select a value unless they have a visceral positive reaction to the value. And I mean visceral, they have to feel it. They have to emotionally connect to it in their heart and feel and feel the value because values are meaningless if they're just words. You have to feel them. So when I say the words, you know, someone who I respect is someone who's, I mean, obviously kindness is something that sits in the back of my mind. It's not written down as a value, but I think I try to live the value of kindness. But, you know, when I think about, you know, living with passion, that's that that connects with me. So if I, if I actually then put that as a value, live with passion, then I would make choices about how I live my life with passion and enthusiasm and, and things like that. So that's a really great point. And I think that's true too when, you're, when we are kind of delivered this list of 50 values and pick which ones really resonate with you or that appeal to you. I think that's where some of the confusion for people comes from too because they probably agree with all of them <laughs> or with 80% of them. And so now what do I do? Because I kind of agree with 80% mm-hmm. of them. But what you're talking about is which one really does like stir you on the inside, that if you had lived to that value, you'd be absolutely proud of your behaviour because of Correct, that. correct. So it is a touchy-feely time, so get in, get in touch with your emotions, you know, sit with it, feel, feel into <laughs> it, get a little bit, get a little bit touchy-feely. The other things that uh, the other questions that you can ask, and I'm going into detail here because all of this can be applied in your business. Just hint. hint. <laughs> so, other questions that you can ask is the qualities. What are the qualities that I would have if I was the best, most resourceful version of myself? Mm. So we strip away all the stuff that's not good and we are just the best possible version of ourselves. What qualities are we bringing to the table? Mm. And you help me get to that myself. This is what I'm thinking about when you say that. Yeah, when you went through with me your worksheet on how to create change, Mm. was it how to create change? It was a very powerful worksheet. And you had me imagine not myself being wildly successful, <laughs> but a successful version of me. Because we get we 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 are constantly 
we frustrate ourselves constantly with who we think we are that is unchangeable. But a really ultra successful version of ourselves that we are living that vision that we've got for ourselves in our lives. Now describe that person. What values do they have? And that's what's coming into my head that could really help that. Well, they'd be wildly committed. They would not, you know, take no for an answer. They would be whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love those. Uh, I am just checking out. It is episode number. Da, 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 da. Oh, you're finding it because we spoke about this. Oh, that was the one that I, I I shared my my traumatic future pace self if I wasn't going to do anything to change. <laughs> was, it, was it that one? It's a Shannon's framework to change anything in your life, and it's yes, episode number twenty one. That's the one. Yeah, I didn't cry, but I did when I was writing it. <laughs> you were close. You were close. Episode twenty one. Mm. I'm just going to do some maths. That is. <laughs> 70, <laughs> yes, so check that out. Other questions that you can ask is what brings me joy? What makes me proud? What personal personal qualities drive you in your work and when you're at your best? Mm. And that's it. <laughs> one of the ways I have developed a person, I've got one of my personal values is autonomy. Mm-hmm. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and I have been a micromanager. I've been a micromanager in the past and then I was micromanaged. And then I realized that I was a micromanager in the past and it was a beautiful learning experience for me. My poor victim of the micromanagement, we reconnected, worked together again. She helped me get over it, which was beautiful. And because of that experience, my value of autonomy wasn't one that was was an aspirational one that I wanted to move towards. Mm -hmm. It was trying to get away from a negative value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be controlling. I don't want to have micromanage somebody I don't want to have that impact on anybody else and so sometimes our values can be not just looking forward and going oh what's a glorious space to be working from but it can also be what's been terrible that's happened Mm. in the past or traumatic or troubling and where's that what value have I picked up from those experiences that I never want to go back there yeah that's kind of that goal that goal value like Anti-goals. Yeah, yeah, in order to be a better version of myself, what do I need to avoid doing and flip it to the positive, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, and you you find people who have been in you know possibly abusive relationships, or they have um, been they've come from a family where some kind of abuse does happen, and but then compassion becomes this strong value that takes them through the rest of their life because of the negative stuff that they've been through. They've then developed a stronger compassion than they possibly would have without mm, all that. Mm, absolutely. So now that we've kind of got some tools and techniques for c- developing your personal values, do you have any tools or techniques to get your organisational values? I like what you were talking about where with the personal values first. And so I think one technique could be to have it like a project that your company moves through and prep a big brainstorming session day of values 
session day and I think it needs to be a long time I don't think it can the sort of thing that can be done in one hour I don't even think it can be done in one sitting either but I think to get everyone in the right headspace to get everyone to understand what's going on here and what we're trying to determine and identify is tell everyone you know a couple weeks prior to articulate identify what your personal values are if you don't have any uh, then identify what you want them to be to be the better version of yourself and bring that to the party and then we're going to have a brainstorming session we're going to talk about now that we're all in the headspace of value headspace of values what i what values are going to be working well in this organization Mm And then you get feedback from everybody. But then I think it needs to percolate a little bit, have people think about it and then revisit it maybe a week later and, and not too not too long away, otherwise people will just disengage real quickly. But bring them back to that space maybe every morning in the huddle or the whip meeting in the morning just, you know, remember we're thinking about values, you know, get in the headspace of values and then uh, go back, gather again a second time round and say this is what we determined last time, any feedback around that? Do we need to change anything around about that? And then determine what those values are, but then get into this routine of implementation of the values and revisiting the values every year or so to make sure that it's still current for your organisation. Yes, absolutely. So I 100% agree that it shouldn't be done in a day. If you've done it in a day, you're ticking a box and it's not, again, I'm I'm pretty passionate about values. I think believe that if you've done it to tick a box you're better off not doing it at all because it has no meaning whatsoever so it is something that I I truly believe should be given time and energy to percolate and to grow I do also strongly encourage business owners even if they're a solopreneur to engage someone else to help with developing the values because You can do it in your head, but actually having someone really challenge you can add great value to the building of your values. So the reason I say this is I've obviously left some clients to go off and, you know, yeah, sure, go go get your values. But the ones who were fundamentally changed as a result in a positive way were the ones where I really dug in and I really, I forced them to feel. And when I say forced them... I mean, your values should emotionally connect with you in such a way that not living them makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh, that's nice. Not think of what, think of the values that if you weren't to live them, it would make you feel uncomfortable. That's beautiful. I like that. Well, that's why. So my my personal value, um, communication, my highest business value is let's talk it out. Yeah. And and when I talk about that, like I – so and, and you talked earlier on about the behaviours. So when you've got your value, there's a lot of – I'm really passionate about having phrases that are meaningful, especially in organisations. So mine, my personal value is communication, but my business value is let's talk it out. Because I find let's yep. talk it out is more meaningful. It's more narrative. It's more, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's tangible, right? Because let's talk it out. We've got a problem. Let's talk it out. You, you know, we've got, yeah. we've got, um, we, we're not sharing information. Let's talk it out. 
The behaviors, then what sits underneath your values are the behaviors. And this is one of the things that a lot of organizations miss in terms of integrating the value into the business is that we don't give our teams tangible ways to live the value. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to jump into that. How do we get give the team that kind of information and how do we develop that as a, as a group? But is it worthy of identifying when we're doing that initial teams, sorry, the initial values day, initial values brainstorming session, and I'm just picturing a big whiteboard and every value that's being sprouted out by the team, it's all being written Post-its. down and then it's a, a whistle. Post-its. Post-its. And then it's all being whittled down or ripped off and, and thrown away. But there are values that would be important for the business. And then there's another series of values that would be important for team and another series that would be in, that would relate back to clients and their management, the client, client management and any other stakeholder of the organisation too, depending on the business that you've got. And so maybe compartmentalising out the values, like everyone getting the business head, what values would the business have? What values now getting back in, in, into the customer service um, headspace, what values are important there too. Is that an important process to go through, do you think? So the way that I run values workshops is we definitely start off with big picture. So we look at and we do ask these questions. Who who in this organisation, past, present or imagined, a person who's going to embody the best possible employee what qualities are they turning up with? How, what do they think about customers? What do they think about uh, in, the, not? Now, I I really I get a, a twitch when there's accountability and integrity, but you know what what behaviours are they showing when they are being accountable to the organisation? What values or what behaviours? And I kind of I actually shift between values, behaviours, qualities, characteristics, because it builds then a big map that then I work with teams to whittle it down. And some things that sounded like a value become a behaviour and something that's a value can be a, a um, sorry, something that sounds like a behaviour actually can become a value. And one customer of mine, I am quite sure that they will not be upset if I talk about them. I'm going to just bring up their values and I'm going to share with you an example of where their the value became a behaviour and the behaviour became a value. So, for example, a, a client that I worked with and, and we went through a, a really creative process to develop these values they started off with values related to curiosity and caring and, you know, great customer experience. And we, we had all of this brainstorming. Then what I got people to do is to prioritize them into themes so that where we had similar quotes or language or words, we brought them together and then looked at any of those things that resonated most with the team. But from that, we actually saw that in some cases, the language was different enough that it defined a behavior. And an example of of this is this client really, and, and it's also worthwhile just for the record, 
for the business owner to give themselves the space, as as Julie suggested, to go away and come back with refined values because at the end of the day, as a business owner, you want to make sure that the values are aligned with the vision of your business. So if your team comes up with a value or some words or whatnot that really don't resonate with the vision that you have of the business and your senior leadership, not just you, but you and your senior leadership, if it doesn't resonate, then I I do believe that the buck does stop with you and you've got to be on board with your own organisational values. So, so give yourself time to actually refine over time. So this particular mm. client had those those values, a value related or a whole bunch of values related to accountability. And we got to the point of the words of, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I absolutely love that as a value. It, that is so much more powerful and passionate and heart-centered than accountability. You can, you, I mean, Surely you can feel the difference. We've got a value of accountability or our value is if it's up, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Like I just Accountability, there's an element of accountability that makes it feel like it's a blame game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Whereas how much more it's up to me, that's personal responsibility. But yeah. how much more empowering is that? And the, and the yeah. behaviours was be the example, be part of the solution, be proactive and own our mistakes. Great. And so they're the behaviours that says that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That is, if I want change in the organisation, I need to be the example of change in the organisation. If if I um, if it's meant to be, if there's a if there's a problem, if it's meant to be, it's up to me to be part of the solution. Um, I, I need to be proactive because if it's meant to be changed, then I need to be proactive in changing it. So all of those, yeah. so that's our sort of our value. And then you can see how those little behaviours put context or meet around the bones of the value. So I, I strongly encourage any organisation, a value is meaningless unless you give your team an instruction on how to live that value. And that's through the examples. So in terms of workshopping it with your team, I start big picture. I then refine it into uh, similar themes around the value. We then refine that down into more meaningful things. Then if we've got, let's say, 10 or 15 themes, I then get the team to vote on the themes. So each each person then gets to, they get three votes or five votes or what have you. So they get to vote for the mm. value that resonates most with them and then we refine from there. So that's generally how I plan a value. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I've seen, um, you know, you sat mentioning post-it notes before that everyone gets an allocated number of little circular stickers yes. and they stick. And the, and the post-it note just gets the most stickers. Yes. Wins. Yes. <laughs> I like a sticker. I, I get the, the little the little mini. Little tiny ones. Yeah, yeah tiny ones. Oh, they're little post-it notes. Oh, crikey. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a fantastic process. I like that process. Yes, I've actually got smaller ones. You do your post-it note gal. I love post-it note girl. Look at this. I've got no. I'm a I'm a pad gal. You know, then I get to keep everything. No, I'm definitely post-it note girl. You're writing on this. I'm writing on this. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
What do we think? Where where are we at with our values? Oh, uh, the final thing about values, I think, Julie, is the number of values. Do you have a thought around the the number of values that we should have? Four to six. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You can get away with one. Some I've seen some business. There was one business that I came across just recently, and their core value was everyone wins. I'm like, oh, it's I love that. You know, it's nice. It's, yeah. So, but um, personally, the I've got four main values that I do encourage dental practice, practices use until <laughs> they determine their own values, mm-hmm. and that's growth, professionalism, honesty, and care, caring. Um, and but I think if you you want them to be alive in your life, alive in your work. And if you've got 20, that's difficult. Absolutely. And that's why pulling them in as a behaviour, you'll probably find that there's something that is connected enough to one of the other values that you can put it in as a behaviour if you're really on board with something. So Renee Brown recommends only two values because Mm -hmm. if you can't live in accordance with those two values, you know, you're in trouble. So I would agree mm-hmm. between four and eight uh, and, and a good average is, you know, five-ish, five-ish, six-ish. Remembering that humans generally only in, remember seven bits of information at one time. So if you have more than seven values, you're not going to remember mm-hmm. them all. <laughs> not without lots and lots yeah. of repetition. And I think that's part of it as well as recognising what human behaviour is, how we learn, how we adopt new things, how we create new habits, new behaviours, new responses to things and working with that. And so expecting, uh, you know, we've done the workshops, we've done the whole thing and now everyone go off and live those values. We're not going to tell you exactly what it all means, you know, how you can go about that and we want you to do it straight away. We're going to pull you up if you don't. That seems kind of unfair. That's a, a expectation that's always going to be not met. <laughs> <laughs> and really quickly, I one company that is worthwhile, if, if you're curious about values, one company that is worthwhile checking out and just doing a Google about is Zappos, Z-A-P-P-O-S. They are a shoe, an online shoe retailer in the US. And their values are deliver well through service, embrace and drive change, create fun and a little weirdness, be adventurous, creative and open-minded, pursue growth and learning, build open and honest relationships with communication, build a positive team and family spirit, do more with less, be passionate and determined, be humble. So they've, they've got quite a few there, but have a look online there's some amazing examples of how they live the value of deliver well through service. And one one that I'll share with you, the, the owner of the business was taking, uh, I don't know, suppliers or customers or what have you out for dinner one night. And he was talking about how his team lived the values. Like, and he, they said, no way. They won't. He said, call up our customer service line and order a pizza. And this person did that 
and the customer service person ordered the person a pizza and got it delivered to the person, didn't know that the boss was there, didn't know that this person was related to the business whatsoever, and it was simply because they have to deliver wow through service. Fantastic. And, I mean, isn't that, I mean, if that is the length they'll go to, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning as well, so the 24-hour call centre, if that's the length that they will go to to wow their customer, I mean, that just shows how they deliver. And also that whole kind of weirdness. Um, One of the weirdness ones examples was um, uh, a customer service person. um, There was something about they made up a story around aliens with the shoe getting damaged and we're really sorry the aliens got there and, you know, here's an extra pair of shoes, you know, really sorry about the problems that you had. We're we're looking into our alien problem. Like, you know, really, and that's that weirdness, like just allowing your team to be creative and, and fulfill those customer needs. So values can be hugely valuable. Oh, that's for sure. That is for absolute sure. So how do we help our team members and and the leaders as well understand how does this knock on to the way I behave within the organisation? Well, uh, definitely defining behaviours, number one. So being able to talk to how we're living these values. And I think your example of in the on the daily huddles, reminding people that this is how, you know, how we're going to live. What are examples that we've seen? I encourage, especially as values are getting embedded in the organisation, I normally encourage senior leaders to, I normally encourage a KPI so it becomes an accountability that senior leaders are picking out the values and highlighting the values because it's not enough to just say we're going to live it. We actually need to have our eyes open to living it and you want to be reinforcing at a five-to-one ratio of positive behaviours to a negative behaviour. So if you're seeing team members that are not living the value, you want to make sure you're calling out five times positively living the value to every one time not positively living the value. So you, you, it's such an important aspect of it. Absolutely. Is to actually reward the behaviour you want repeated, reward the ones that are actually doing the good thing. Correct, yeah. correct. But you've got to call out the people who are not living the behaviour. I also mm. encourage the use of values in performance management discussions, performance review discussions. So being able to say, where are you living the values? Where are you contributing to the values? And actually having concrete examples of living the Mm -hmm. values, that's really important because that re-embeds it in the organisation and reinforces the importance of it. Yeah. Mm. Would you as a company state your values on your website, promote them? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And I also mm. encourage organisations to think about their values from a multi-stakeholder pronged perspective. So when it can it can be challenging when we're working through values when it's like, oh, no, well, we, we live them for our customer but we hold a different value with how we treat each other internally. And I'm like, you, you can't. Well, you can, but it just doesn't work as well. So if, for example, I have the value of um, uh, uh, caring, let's just say, then it means that I care for my customers, it means that I care for my co-workers, and it means that I care for my suppliers. So if I'm living the value of caring, 
I absolutely have to live it across all stakeholders in the organisation. Otherwise, there's incongruency. So I really do believe that we need to be thinking about how the value applies across the whole environment of the organisation, not just one area of the organisation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you think we have answered the question of what is the value of values? Yeah, for me, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone present, present, agrees. (laughs) Hands up. Please send us an email via our website. We do have a website. Um, or make a comment on our tubes, our YouTubes, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, if you've had some really fabulous processes of determining values within your organisation or for yourself personally, and then you've got hints and tips on how to roll them out in your organisation, please do share them with us. We love learning new stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so perhaps, Julie, shall I try and wrap Wrap it, wrap, wrap, wrap. wrap, wrap. Yeah, actually, before we wrap up, is autonomy your highest value? Is, is autonomy your highest value? The If you were living no other value? It used to be. Okay. What's... It used to be. So my values are autonomy, generosity, courage, honesty, and growth. <laughs> my strongest would certainly be growth. Mm. Growth is definitely mm. mine as well. I, I, I mean that... I'm always learning new things. I'm always challenging the way that I think, perhaps too much. <laughs> uh, growth and communication and health and well-being, they're probably my. No. So like health and well-being is that one that drives my behaviours more than anything else. But growth mm-hmm. and growth, um, yeah, growth and health and well-being, probably are behave- mm-hmm. much more behaviour-based. It does feel like a lot of them all kind of all, they all share the limelight there, isn't it? It's difficult to pick one out as being stronger than the others because I also think honesty is so crucial. Like I, then I think about honesty, you know, I think, oh, no, that's, that's important. Then I think about courage. I'm like, no, 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 that's really important. So, well, I mean, I communication is a broad limelight. Well, communication is one that I, I sit, it's when I feel uncomfortable about a relationship that I have, customer, friend, family, whatever, it's the voice in my head that says you have to communicate. You're not living in alignment with your value of communication. That's when that that really drives me. That's when it really comes into my head. But if I really wanted to drive my value of communication, I would be doing more speaking opportunities. I would be going out and talking more if people want that. I mean... (laughs) Probably not, which is probably why I'm just toning it down a little bit. Find me on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that that's, that's why that drives me and drives me probably more than anything else because I, I, I really, it is one of those pushing towards values. Like I really, you know, that's, that's how I need to, I need to communicate in order to move away from that uncomfortable feeling. So that's how that drives. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. I like that. I like it. So, I like it. This has been a great topic. Thank you. I think it has. I think it has. So the value of values is that it helps you to drive your behaviours and drive your decisions. We strongly encourage you to look at your personal values and your business values. The important thing about values is to have behaviours that underpin those values so that we know that they're meaningful. And this is most important when you're in an organisation and you're embedding them within your team. Make it part of your daily narrative and all of your performance metrics in your organisation to make them have meaning. My belief is to have the emotional connection to them so that they are not just words on a page. And I have a final thought, and that is keep them less than 10, definitely, ideally four to six. And is that it? Julie? I think so. I think so. That's it. You've covered that up beautifully like you normally do. Well done. Good on you. And and look, we we never really do a sell on this, but if your organisation does not have values and you would like to embed them or update them regularly, review them and update them regularly, particularly the behaviours that underpin them, that's the other thing. So if your organisation doesn't have values or it's time to revisit them, Julie and I are available for hire to work on your values, to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Our contact details are in the show notes. <laughs> so get in touch. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Julie. Bye.